This is the Dave Smith Show on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Dave Smith. Ohio State wins 34-21, to which is bad news for producer Brendan on his minus 17 over 58 parlay there. At least I lost both. If you teased that, you would have won. You know that? You yeah. Well, seven eight both ways? I was being bold. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit better bet. Maybe an open teaser next time. If you can, i got to find out if, if offshore books are still doing those. It's Dave Smith and the Dave Smith Show here at SB Nation Radio and SBNationRadio.com. All right, back out to the guest hotline. Let's talk some NBA right now. A man who was uh, not only conquered Hollywood with his great acting career and being a speaker and an analyst, but now the NBA contributor par excellence is the great Bill Horenda. What's up, Bill? Dave, it's great to be with you. Listen, I have my shirt tucked in. My sneakers are on. I'm not celebrating appearing on your show in my socks. I've got my resume into MSG. If I could conquer Hollywood, uh, why not the Knicks? So, obviously, there's always something brewing. You know, normally when a coach gets fired, I feel bad for him, but I, I think David Fisdale might be the luckiest man on earth to get out of that toxic situation and get a nice hefty little buyout as well. Well, let's hope he was renting and he didn't buy, Dave, as much as uh, uh, properties appreciate in Manhattan. But you know what? This is a sad scenario. As you know, I grew up in Hudson County, right across the Hudson River, in the shadow of the Manhattan skyline. And it's just reminiscent of the, the so dysfunctional tune by Bobby Proud and the Proud family. I mean, there's more rotation in the coach's office than on the defensive end of the floor. There's no alignment. There's no debating, deciding, and committing. And you know what? It, it, what rings true to me is a quote by Gordy Chiesa, uh, the former jazz assistant who's doing a great job on radio there in Utah, is, quote, the obvious is never obvious to the oblivious. Now, he didn't make that quote in relation to the Knicks. He was talking about some lackluster defense by the Pelicans. But to me, it's just a very sad milieu at Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena. Watching the Mavericks tonight, they beat the Pelicans by 46 points. Uh, um, uh, Doncic, uh, Luka, another 26-9-6, and six, and they only played one half because it was a blowout. I was trying to think the other day, everybody always make because they're lazy in the media, they always make the Larry Bird comparisons because he's white, but he doesn't remind me of Bird. Uh, I was trying, maybe uh, a six inches taller Steve Nash or what? I, I don't know. Which player does he remind you of? Because he's really unique at 6'7 or 6'8 and what he can do out there. Yeah, he is, Dave. I mean, he is a special talent. You run out of superlatives. He's got the it factor. You know, to me, it's almost like he's Magic Johnson with the jump shot early, yes. which Magic didn't have in his career. Uh, you know, his vision, the anticipation, uh, his ability to get other players involved and make them better. And I also think there's a joy with which he plays the game, the the, the boyish smile that that will, you know, come out every so often he kind of reminds me of magic in, in that vein and he's certainly putting up putting up magic like numbers so magnanimous with the ball uh you know in retrospect okay the hawks uh, with trey young another special talent but you've got to wonder in this game of space and pace how anyone could have passed on him to me is just mind-boggling uh, Vlade Divac called it an easy decision to go with Bagley instead of Doncic. I, <laughs> I just can't, I can't fathom that. But uh, yeah, he he really is uh, a terrific young talent. 
you know, Trey Young's averaging close to 30 points and 10 assists, so it wasn't an out, it wasn't a steal for Dallas. He's a really good player when Atlanta made that trade. Yeah, yeah, there's no question. It's kind of a stake or a lobster argument. Yeah. Uh, you know, listen, Trey Young, he's got, he's got range like lettuce or Sinatra. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's, kin- he's kinetic, he's athletic, uh, he's a slasher, a dasher, an opposition team's party crasher. Uh, so, yeah, certainly you can make the case that both teams uh, have won out and it'll be uh, tremendous to track both of their careers. Uh, there's no question about that. And, uh, you know, you really have to like the job. Despite the stumbles uh, that the Hawks have had, uh, certainly it's been a difficult uh, scenario. And a great job uh, by Lloyd Pierce, who Jeff Van Gundy spent some time with over the summer with USA Basketball, really raving about him uh, as a coach. And, of course, the suspension there for John Collins, that's had, had a huge impact on the Hawks early this season. The Cavaliers have made it known that uh, they're interested uh, in a Kevin Love trade because at 31 years old, he's not going to fit in with their plans of a rebuild and getting young. But after this year, he's owed three years and $90 million, Bill. And he's 31. He's always hurt. He's a defensive liability uh, what team, we were talking about Miami in the last segment, maybe. What team would take that contract off? Who's one player away? Who could use him? Wow. You know what? The, the team that comes to, to mind is, is Portland. Not that they're one player away, but now with Rodney Hood, although, you know, of course, a different type player, more of a wing, and I know loves to stretch four. But, you know, I, I like to think of the game, uh, you know, you have wings, you have bigs, and you have points in, in, in this era. Uh, but Portland is certainly a team uh, that could use the, the help. Uh, and, again, not that they're one player away, but that, that's that's one squad that comes to mind. And he's from uh, Portland. And, and a, yes, exactly. There, there yep. are local ties there. Uh, I think he's a player, particularly with uh, you know Zach Collins being out, uh, that, you know, he could, have, he could have an impact anywhere. But you're right, health has been an issue for him, uh, and you have to you know, certainly hope uh, that he would be on the floor and, and, and stay healthy. Uh, that has been a question mark that has kind of plagued him. But I, I would go Portland if you just you know, woke me up in the middle of the night and asked me that. So you think they would take on 3-90 and 90, huh, after this year, his contract? Well, you know, I, I think that, listen, I, I think they've got a lot of decisions to make. Mm-hmm. And, and your point is well taken on that money and that duration, Dave. But I think they've got to decide uh, if they're going to, you know, Neil Olshay's got to decide if he's going to stick with uh, McCollum and Lillard and what he's going to do with, with, with those guys. Uh, but I, I think they potentially would. Uh, I mean, listen, not, I'm not pretending that Portland's a championship contender. Uh, but we see, we did see Masai Ujiri roll the dice on Kawhi Leonard and win a championship. They're totally different scenarios. But, uh, again, w- when you're struggling, uh, you know, you're going to look at and explore all options. You're definitely going to kick the tires and, and see, what, see, what, you know, see what the market will bear. And it'll be big, of course, as we come up on to December 15th when guys can be moved. A lot of guys that were signed as free agents can be moved. You don't really surprise me. I looked at all the salaries here, Bill Horenda, and Portland has the highest payroll in the NBA at $150 million. I didn't know that. They're number one. But next year it's down under 90. They've got, uh, they've got Whiteside expiring, Bazemore expiring, a lot of big contracts coming off the books after this year. Yeah, and you know what? It's interesting. If you look at this free agent class coming up, it's kind of weak, and the teams that have cap space are really Atlanta, Charlotte, Cleveland, Memphis, 
and perhaps the New York Knicks. So a lot of the planning may go towards the following season as that will be a more robust free agent class. So uh, from that standpoint, uh, you know, teams will be looking at this. You know, you've got to look at it. You know how it goes, Dave. There are only four ways to improve in the, in the NBA. It's the draft, free agency, trades, and skill development. And you've got to evaluate where you are with all of those relative to your current roster and what the market, uh, what the market will bear and what the market looks like over the horizon. So a lot of teams will have some interesting decisions to make as, uh, as we get into the trade season here. You know, I brought up a point earlier. You know, the, the NBA took the franchise away from Donald T. Sterling uh, uh, after what he did. Uh, but you, you look at New York, the, the Knicks, that, that should be a glamour franchise. That should be a big brand franchise in the NBA. They should always have a good team. And, uh, and they, can't, they not only can't sign any free agents, nobody will take Dolan's money. They can't even get a meeting with a free agent. That's how toxic they are. Why can't the NBA owners get together and take the franchise away from him? I think it's 75%, right? Could they do that? I mean, he's bad for the NBA. He's costing them all money. <laughs> but he's good if he's in your division or in your conference. Maybe. So you've got oh, yeah. a lot of guys that, right, a lot of guys will let, we'll just let him stew. Uh, listen, I, I, you know, it's very hard uh, to articulate what the Knicks mean to New York City and that building uh, when they're right. And it just seems like it's been such a long time uh, since they have been right. And I, and I every so often will tweet this out. I'll say, you know what? Basketball ain't that easy, but it ain't that hard. And Rome wasn't built in a day, but it got built. So from that standpoint, and I could be wrong, I'm not in New York, but Today, Mike Miller met the media before their loss to the Pacers alone. And I don't think Mills or Perry or Dolan, I don't think they've met the media since this coaching change. Now, of course, we know they did with that bizarre press conference after the loss when they went 2-8 and eight before Fisdale met the media. But I just don't understand how, again, on those four pillars – the draft, free agency, trades, and skill development, that this organization just can't get it together. And it's really a sin, They're being a native guy from back there and how special it could be, uh, it's just very demoralizing. And we know this, too. It's expectations and potential. Those are the two things that are coach killers, but it's an organizational killer for the Knicks. I don't know if David Fisdale's a good coach. But I certainly don't think it matters who coaches them just because of the disarray and the dysfunction there. Hey, Bill, can you do another segment? I want to talk some more NBA with you. Absolutely, without a doubt, Dave. The great one, Bill Horenda, actor, lecturer, speaker, NBA expert. With Dave Smith here at SB Nation Radio and SBNationRadio.com. This is the Dave Smith Show on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Dave Smith. The great Bill Horenda joining us for another segment here to talk some more National Basketball Association. Bill, thanks for hanging in there with us. Hey, Dave, I just tweeted out, you know, Oscar Wilde said, some people cause pleasure wherever they go, others whenever they go. There's a lot of pressure with the second segment. I hope you stay in that former group. I tweeted that out, by the way, during the break. Oh, I love that. i got to retweet that. 
Did you expect the Lakers to be 20-3 and three at this point? We, we knew they'd be pretty good getting AD and LeBron working together here, but the, the, uh, so far the supporting cast has been pretty good. I think that is directly attributable to uh, how great LeBron is making everybody better around him. But 20-3, and three, I didn't expect this. Yeah, I certainly didn't, Dave. And, uh, you know, you got to give Frank Vogel a lot of credit and his staff, Lionel Hollins, Jason Kidd, Ed Al. I mean, I've been very impressed with them defensively. Uh, you know, they're sixth in the NBA in uh, defensive rating, and this is according to uh, uh, cleaningtheglass.com. And, you know, when you look at it, they are among only a handful of teams that are in the top ten in offensive and defensive rating thus far this season. The others, Milwaukee, the Lakers, Boston, Toronto, and Philadelphia. And, you know, when you see guys like Alex Caruso, you know, contributing uh, in crunch time, They've been out without Avery Bradley, who's a terrific defender. Dwight Howard, who you know looked like a gamble when they signed him, has been terrific. Uh, and you know when they've got you know Anthony Davis along with Javale McGee, who just are terrific basket protectors. LeBron is playing at an, you know as 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 terrifically as he possibly can when you when you think about it. Uh, you know career high in assists that he's averaging double digit assists. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm very surprised that they've congealed this quickly. I really am. You know, I have my, I got my MVP list tonight. I want to know, Bill, what yours is as well. I had LeBron MVP, uh, Greek Freak second, Doncic third, and uh, Harden fourth. What, what would yours be? Yeah, you know what? I probably would go Giannis uh, as my MVP at this stage of the game. Uh, you know, obviously another ter- terrific team. Uh, you know uh, you have to have Harden in there for his production, uh, no, no question about it. And, and I definitely would have LeBron there, there too, Dave. Those would probably be my top, you know, top three at this juncture. But I, I would probably give the nod to, uh, to to Giannis as just, you know, a, again, just his ability to defend his range, uh, his positional size and versatility, and everything that he brings to the table. And, of course, you know, if he ever really develops a, a three-point shot, uh, you know, w- w- what, what can this kid not do? Yeah, he's in the low 30s now and threes. He's a lot better this year. It's incredible how good he is, how he can take you off the dribble, those 360 spins and dunks. And uh, You're right. If he consistently knocks those outside shots down, it's a, it's a nightmare for the NBA. It, it really is. I mean, he is an absolute conundrum. Uh, and it's funny how, you know, for James Harden, we get somehow I think he gets a little bit, uh, you know, overlooked, Dave. You know, sometimes I think his offensive proficiency is just, you know, kind of, I don't want to say we take it for granted, but we did see, you know, recently where, you know, he averaged, you know, what was it, 40 some odd points, and Carmelo Anthony was the Western Conference Player of the Week. Now, I, I'm not, I don't think, I'm not, crying the blues for James Harden or, you know, making excuses for, for that. Uh, but I just think that sometimes he's so good, we just get accustomed to his monster production uh, that Harden has, that Harden puts up, uh, you know, so consistently. Uh, but, yeah, Giannis is definitely, uh, is definitely special, and the people that are close to him rave about his work ethic and uh, – uh, you, you know, you've got to think at 25, he's got oodles of room to improve, and he probably will, which is scary for the rest of the league. 
When you look at who's going to come out of the East, Milwaukee probably the favorite. Toronto, I think, better than people thought after they lost Kawhi Leonard. But I really like this Pacers team. They're 15-8 and eight right now. Uh, Damanis Sabonis, who was my favorite player in the draft coming out a few years ago, he's at 18-13. and 13. He's blossomed into an all-star here. When they get Oladipo back, how much of a threat are they? Yeah, you know, they're just one of those quiet organizations, uh, David. I think they started 0-3. You know, they struggled early. Uh, but Nate McMillan does a great job there. Billy Bano, uh, who I go way back to my college playing days. Oh, I know him. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, uh, yeah, that, it's, it's incredible what they've been able to do uh, without Old Depot. And you've got to think that, uh, you know, they're just going to be that much tougher, uh, you know, with him. Uh, you know, Brogdon didn't play tonight, but he's been he's been great, as you'd expect. Uh Guys like T.J. Warren, Doug McDermott, Sabonis. So, yeah, they uh, they could be one of those teams that's a sleeper team. And, you know, you mentioned, man, I, there's just something about the Raptors. They just – and we know we, – we hear this adage all the time, right, that playing hard in the NBA is a skill. And, you know, they were 17-5 and without Kawhi Leonard last year. Uh, Siakam has taken the next step. They've got players, you know, like Rondé Hollis-Jefferson – uh, that he seems to have found a home after, you know, not really finding his niche in Brooklyn. That fleet has been terrific. They played really well without Lowry, who's back. There's just something about that Toronto team that I really like because they just play so hard. Philly, I think, has questions with their offense, with their offensive rhythm. Uh, their bench, I think, is, is somewhat suspect. Boston has been great, but I, I do think, uh, that it's going to be fascinating to watch the East as the uh, season ebbs and flows and evolves to see who ultimately comes out of there. Well, you live out here in Los Angeles, Bill Horenda. Uh, Clippers or the Lakers, uh, when they both have a full boat and everyone's healthy, who's a better team? Yeah, you know, that's, that's very tough. I'm going to go Clippers. They, you know, I, I kind of felt like it would be the Clippers in Milwaukee uh, before the season even started. Uh, and you know, it's just so hard right now because the Lakers have been so good. And I know that was a rough game last night for the Clippers, obviously, in Milwaukee. But I just have a feeling that when you have two defensive juggernauts like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and also the toughness, the way they play, you know, the, the Patrick Beverleys, the Lou Williams, who Gordy Chiesa says could score you know, 14 points in a playoff game in a windstorm, that, you know, Montrezl Harrell, how tough their bench is, uh, I, I would just have to go Clippers. Uh, but again, that's you know certainly by a nose and just my gut feeling. Uh, but that would be, you know, the whole city would be on fire. It's on fire as it is, but if those guys meet in the playoffs, the city will be on fire. It would be incredible. Are the Mavericks as good as they look here at 16-6? and six? A nice turnaround this year. Uh, are they going to keep up this pace? I think they are, Dave. I'm bullish on Dallas. I was before the season started. Uh, you know, I, I think Porzingis, you know, is not yet himself. Uh, it usually takes guys almost a season to play their way back after an ACL. But we talked about Doncic and how special he is, and their bench has been great. You know what I mean? Guys like Kleber uh, and Justin Jackson, uh, you know, Curry, they just seem to have a very good systemic roster. And Rick Carlisle, of course, is a, is a, is a great coach. 
I, I'm bullish on Dallas. I think they're for real, and I'm not surprised by how good they've been. Well, and real, we got about 30 seconds, maybe a minute left here. This Warriors team reminds me of the 98 Spurs when David Robinson got hurt and they wound up with Duncan and wound up with five championships. When they get their players back next year in a high lottery pick, how good can they be next year? Yeah, they can be right back in the mix, Dave. It will not be the hegemony that they once enjoyed over the rest of the league with Durant, but Yes, I would not count those guys out uh, whatsoever, and I agree. I think that's a great comparison you made to those Spurs back in the day. And except I don't see any Tim Duncans in this draft coming out, though. That's the bad news for them. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> They'll find players, though. They'll find them, that's for sure. Great stuff, Bill. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. My pleasure, Dave. Anytime. The great Bill Horenda. Uh, that's, well, he knows NBA like nobody's business. All right, coming up next, the great Arash Markasi. He's a columnist for the Los Angeles Times. He used to be my intern 20 years ago. He used to go out at night, and, uh, and I used to make him go to Baja Fresh. Do they have Baja Fresh in, in Houston, producer Brendan? You know, I don't know. I, I haven't a national noticed chain? one. It's a chain out here in Southern California. They probably are national. Anyway, I'd send him to Baja Fresh every night to get me a tostada, no tomatoes, and he brought it back every single night with tomatoes on it. So I'd have to send him out again. Now I think he was doing it on purpose. But he's a columnist for the L.A. Times now. He's on television. He's become a phenom. So proud of this kid. What a great career he has now. He's up next talking about the situation at USC with, with Carol Folt and Mike Bone actually bringing back Clay Gomer-Helton. Unbelievable how furious USC fans are right now. Stay Smith here at SB Nation Radio and SB Nation Radio.com. <laughs> 